Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome to the SB Nation NFL Show, the show where we are obsessed with the NFL. A reminder before we get started that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As noted, this is the SB Nation NFL show where we do talk about the NFL. You can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. That's Apple devices, Spotify, whatever the case may be. Subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Those things make us happy. My name is RJ Ochoa from SB Nation's blog and the boys where time is a flat circle and the Green Bay Packers own us. Uh, sitting in for the fantastic Rachel Prevet is the one and only Steven Serta who has the coveted responsibility of handing out the MF double MVP. It will go to myself, or to my adversary, my partner in crime, you know him, you love him, you have a poster of him in your bedroom from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride. It is the one and only Pete Sweeney. Pedro, happy Monday to you. Uh, what photo of yourself do you think people have posters of you in their bedrooms? Well, I, I'd imagine it's something from from one of the the TV hits that that mm. I that I do. I what I what I I believe that people would do is yeah, take a photo of their TV and then sort of blow that up in in a perfect world. It's a little bit low quality. We live in a world where like you know what I mean. Mm. They should just rip one off your Instagram. I think sure. you're you're pretty talented when it comes to like one, how the about, filters and stuff. How about the one from from Super Bowl Fifty Four? Me and you when we when we ate paella together. Maybe That's one, right. Maybe something from that trip would be you, nice. You misremember that story a lot. It, there was a lot of paella. I didn't eat any of it. Um, I mean, which is a shame because there was so much of it. But it was um, like a swimming pool size, you know, sort of cauldron of paella, like one of those we, like, inflatable pools. It was wild. We we had a great week. I mean, we we went and got pizza together. You and the waitress were speaking Spanish about me that I couldn't understand, which mm-hmm. was a, a little bit rude that I thought. Um, then we got to see the big butt statue, and then we witnessed the biggest paella we've ever seen. And then and then the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and life really hasn't been the same since. And after the the pandemic that happened after that, well, Remember? I don't know if the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl this year um, because the Buffalo Bills stand in their way. But more than that, the Minnesota <laughs> do they, though? Do they well, though? more more than that, the Minnesota Vikings stand in their way. We're going to get to all of the action from Sunday uh, in week 10 uh, of this crazy NFL season and the game of the year, the game of the century, the game of, I don't even know what to call it. The Minnesota Vikings uh, outlasted the Buffalo bills. So um, as you know, second time this season, all right, Christopher Gates from the daily Norseman here at SB nation is joining us to talk about those eight and one Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Christopher, what happened um, what was your emotional experience on Sunday afternoon? Do you still trust that it actually happened at this point in time? Absolutely not. I'm still waiting for the uh, <laughs> league to come back and tell us that uh, no, Josh Allen didn't actually fumble at the goal line and the Vikings didn't get a touchdown there and the Bills won. But uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of folks are still kind of trying to process what happened because, you know, the last quarter of that game was just this huge roller coaster with everything that happened, you know, that we, we had the... Uh, you know the the Vikings getting down and they they were down 17 points with two minutes left in the uh, the third quarter and uh, yeah they they managed to get all the way back and you know get get down to the goal line where you think Kirk Cousins is going to sneak the ball in and they they rule him short so you're you're down and depressed about that and then the next play Josh Allen fumbles and you get a touchdown and so you're back up on the back up on the rise again and. And, you know, you, we left him 30 seconds, so that was enough time for him to go down and get a field goal and tie it up and send it to overtime. And and then there was overtime and all that chaos and the, the most insane catch I've ever seen by Justin Jefferson thrown in there someplace. And it, it, it was all it, it's probably the single craziest regular season game I've ever watched this team play. 
Yeah, what a Sunday and what a game. And it, it is getting, I think, the consensus game of the year treatment and deservedly so and in, in going to overtime, having both players touch the ball. Josh Allen finally touched the ball. RJ, we can get into the Bills in a little bit here. But I, I want to ask you, Chris, do you feel like the fan base is gaining steam and trust in the sense of a realization that, like, well, Kirk Cousins has been good for us. He's been a franchise quarterback. But maybe he can actually do this like maybe this is possible for us to to be led by Kirk Cousins to a Super Bowl title I think they kind of are I mean this the seven game winning streak all the all the wins have been by one score uh, they've had to come from behind in at least four maybe five I'd have to go back and look but uh, we, we talked about it in our uh, post game show that we did yesterday the Vikings are at the point now that they kind of started the season where when they were trailing and we're trying to come back it was like I hope we can pull this off Right. And then they kind of progressed to the point where I think we can pull this off. And now I think they finally got to the point where they're sort of saying to themselves, we're going to pull this off, that they believe in themselves. And I think that's kind of transferring to the fan base as well to uh, to kind of get that belief in Kirk Cousins, because, you know, he's been kind of maligned by a lot of folks uh, since he came to Minnesota. To, he can't do this. He can't win the big game. He can't win in prime time, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he, he's been doing it this season and i think uh, people are finally starting to recognize that a little bit christopher i told you last time you were here that this was actually my super bowl pick i picked the vikings to beat the bills in the super bowl uh before michael irvin made it a joke i really picked kirk cousins to win mvp and my logic was like you have there has to be some sort of narrative there has to be some sort of story it's not necessarily just like the best player and and my logic was you know if kirk plays incredibly well you know that's an incredible story um, Justin Jefferson's going to help inflate his numbers. Adam Thielen, the, the offense, Dalvin Cook, like everything kind of writes itself. And it does feel like um, like this is the best possible version of this story. They're, they're, you know, like you said, you know, all the one score games, like there are a lot of timelines where the Vikings are not eight and one. But in this one, in, in this universe that Dr. Strange has visited, like all of the breaks have gone their way. This is a, a franchise um, that that has generally been on the opposite end of of things like that, right? Like the crazy snap at the goal line, stuff like that. Do you, it, it's, does it almost make you feel uneasy that like, wait a minute, why is fate smiling upon us? We're, we're sort of used to the chaos that it hurls at our fans. It kind it kind of does. That that's half of being a Minnesota Vikings fan is the constant waiting for the other shoe to drop. And you know that's uh, it, it's been kind of a charmed existence through through the first nine games for us this year because you know we've done things and we've gotten the sort of breaks like like the thing at the goal line with Josh Allen. That's usually the sort of thing that happens to us and not for us. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of I mean, you don't want to just sit there and wait for the other shoe to drop. You kind of want to enjoy what's going on. But, you know, it does always kind of linger in the back of your mind when things like this happen to a team that hasn't exactly been known for being lucky over the course of their uh, their history. How much of is there a sense right now, just considering the one loss in the season came against the Eagles? Are you starting to feel like I know we're just entering the second half of the season, but are you, are you starting to feel like. Minnesota fans are sort of hawkeyeing the Eagles because there there may be a belief that they could clinch the NFC by should they take care of business on their own. I mean, they we we're obviously watching the Eagles, watching what they're doing. Uh, you know, we did in order for us to uh, to pass them, they'd have to lose at least twice with the tiebreakers right. and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I, I think we got you. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. But uh, but yeah, it it's you know one of those things we. We just have to watch the Vikings take care of what they need to take care of and kind of cross our fingers and hope that, you know, the Eagles stumble at some point here. Uh, I don't know the rest of the Eagles schedule off the top of my head. I know they play Washington tonight on uh, Monday Night Football. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're keeping an eye on the Eagles. And, you know, hopefully things will work out where uh, the road to the NFC uh, Super Bowl berth will uh, run through Minneapolis. You mentioned Justin Jefferson, and I mean, I don't know that we can do any sort of justice, you know, to, to what happened. I mean, it was the, the most incredible thing of all time. I mean, again, I, I really I'm, I'm sort of at a loss for words. Um, there was that stretch early on, you know, I, I wouldn't even call it a stretch. There was that two game run that started with the, the Monday night loss in Philadelphia. Right. And, and everyone kind of questioning, like, what's going on? And uh, I'm sure panic was really high when the Vikings fell to one and one and kind of wondering where Justin Jefferson's production was at. But it kind of feels like he sort of has been back for a while. And and I don't know that anybody really has, has given any sort of like credit to that. 
Um, like the, the, I mean, he's a big part of this. I, again, I, I think we're so, I think people are rightfully, you know, talking about Kirk cousins and obviously last week was the funny, you know, plane ride and everything, but Justin Jefferson is the straw that stirs this drink. And he is really, really at the peak of his powers right now. He really is. I mean, that, that catch yesterday, I I've been watching football for a long time. I'm not sure if I can come up with a better catch than, than that one, just based, based on the situation. And you look at the replay, the defender had two hands on the football and he just basically ripped it out of there and had to make sure that it didn't hit the ground and make sure that he maintained possession and everything else. But yeah, his, his ability to uh, to kind of just win all the time against uh, defensive backs and get himself open. Uh, he's back on a pace for 2000 yards uh, this season after what uh, after what he put up yesterday. And yeah, he, he really is the center of this offense. And uh, you know, you talk about guys like Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins and everyone else, but uh, if something were to happen to Justin Jefferson, this team suddenly becomes really easy to defend. So uh, he he is the the catalyst for this whole thing, I think. I think the big question here, and, and we're talking about Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. I I don't think there's any doubt, you know, you know, offensively that the Vikings can do this. I think the question that remains is is defensively. And so for our final question here. Do you have the confidence that defensively this team has enough to win the NFC when it comes down to the playoffs? I think they do. I mean, they've gotten their pass rush going with the uh, Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter a little bit, and they're still kind of making the adjustment from going to the four three to the three yeah. four, and they're they're making that transition as they go along. Uh, the first few games were kind of rough; they were getting killed on the ground uh, by a lot of teams. They've kind of shored that up as well. Uh, Patrick Peterson has found the fountain of youth someplace. He's playing like he's 25 years old again. And, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, barring uh, significant injuries, like if they lose a Zadarius Smith or a Hunter or Harrison Smith or something like that, uh, that could present an issue. But I think they, they can do it defensively. I mean, the second half yesterday in Buffalo, they gave up six points uh, mm -hmm. after kind of getting whooped in the first half a little bit. They made the adjustments and, uh, held the Bills offense down for the most part. But, yeah, I, I think they do have enough if they uh, reach that point. And, you know, the offense is uh, is obviously the uh, the strength of this team at this point. But I think the defense can do just enough to uh, to help them get through. He is Christopher Gates from DailyNorseman.com, our Minnesota Vikings community here at SB Nation. Christopher, you and I will be talking later this week as the Dallas Cowboys lick their wounds. Uh, and look to get um, back on the right side of things. Thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, again, remember, I picked them to win the Super Bowl. So you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good rest of your day, and I appreciate that. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, Pete Sweeney, um, I think we have to mention the Bills a little bit here um, because it would not be fair for them to not draw some criticism or a lot of criticism. Would you like me to go first? Because I do think I am going to surprise you. Go ahead. Sure. So... I am a big Josh Allen fan, right? You love Josh I've, Allen. I've come on here many times and, and defended Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. If if the game, if the specifically if the end of this game, if the quarterbacks had been reversed, the world would be crushing Kirk Cousins today, right? Like if Kirk Cousins had thrown the interception in the end zone that Josh Allen did when, when the Bills were up by 10 on fourth down, by the way, and I, I don't have a problem with the call, go for it, right? Like you're supposed yeah. to be the best offense of the NFL, go for it. If Kirk Cousins had thrown just that interception, He'd be getting crushed. Vikings come back, obviously make it a bit of a game. If Kirk Cousins had fumbled the ball right up against the goal line and allowed the Bills, in this case, to score the, the go-ahead touchdown, he would have gotten crushed for it. If Kirk Cousins had thrown the game-losing interception in overtime, he would have gotten crushed for it. This was an awful end of the game for Josh Allen. And for whatever reason, I know this annoys you. He is immune to criticism on a national <laughs> level. Um, yeah. And I, there, there's something I don't want to call him a tryhard. But after the first interception that I talked about, both of them were to Patrick Peterson. He's chasing him down and they're up by 10 at this point. And again, obviously, they go on to lose. So it was a consequential thing. But he's chasing yeah. him down and throwing his body and punching at the ball. It's like, dude, Josh, chill out, man. Like, you know, you, you got to understand the bigger picture here. It doesn't make you soft or, or not a team guy, but you're the most important dude. Like, you can't be so reckless. And, and there's yeah. there's a, a I think he's past the line of recklessness. And I, I hate to say this way, but there's some Carson Wentz to him in that sense. That's extreme. That's that's probably further no, than I would just, go. No, I'm, just the just in the like throwing caution to the wind. That quality. Sure. Right? That's sure, all. I'm sure. Obviously, no, it's not Carson Wentz. I no. I, I think, and this is to be fair to Buffalo, this naturally is going to come with a a Kansas City bias. 
But for a couple years now, we have heard, well, if Josh Allen can simply touch the ball in overtime, the Bills aren't going to oh, lose because I was so totally good. with you on that. But go ahead. And here we go. You have a, a case, and they're showing Josh Allen on the sideline, That's and he looks like point. he's praying. Oh, I'm praying I can at least touch the ball in overtime. Through another pick after he fumbled in 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 the end zone. Such a great point. People. Can we stop just saying no matter what that Josh Allen is the best player in the league? He's among the top five, top ten players in the league. He had a bad game. I think he knows that he's had, he's had a bad couple games here. I don't, I don't expect this to necessarily continue, but he is not the best player in the league. Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts is the best player in the league. Well, if you want to make a case for Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson, if we're including non-quarterbacks, okay. Michael Parsons, Aaron but Donald, TJ this, Watt, this, right? this cons- Yeah, Chris Jones. This consensus oh, that sorry. it's just Josh Allen, and we all have to just get behind Allen. Why? Why? He's clearly he clearly in, in these big time moments, and Kirk gets killed for this. In these big time moments, yep. he has not lived up to the the billing. The, the Bills went and beat Kansas City. They 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 beat the guy that was standing in their way. And then what did they have to do in front of them? They had to just win out. I understand. There's a lot of games left. It's a way easier said than done, especially when you got so well, many division games left. Win but, out or, or not lose, you know your seat. Bad right? games. Like, right. Bad games. Right. And they go and drop a game to the Jets. Uh, who you know they they I understand it's a division division game. You're a better team than the Jets. You got to win that game. And then against the Vikings, when it was all right in front of you, you had this massive lead. And we like the Vikings. They're a good team. And not necessarily. This is not necessarily a bad loss. It's only a bad loss in the sense of you can't lose a game where you're up by so many points if you're considering yourself the Super Bowl favorite that everyone crowned you before you did anything. It's and this is what is frustrating to me is that they were crowned and they have still, still done nothing nothing and this was another example of why everyone and and all the national heads crown this team way too soon we have not seen enough and we still haven't seen enough so anyway i'm I'm totally with you and we have a lot of games to get to so i don't want to spend a ton of time here um but i i and you know this i thought it was so stupid how the how bills fans acted like they were robbed off of the coin right and and i, I hadn't even thought about that to your point like well you got to touch the ball right like and that's yeah. you know that's not to say you wouldn't have won in the divisional round last year or whatever but like you got to touch the ball you you right. got your precious opportunity and not only did you fail you threw an interception you know what I mean? like you threw you threw an inter- you can't do that kind of thing um and and you mentioned the loss of the jets like you're right it's not an easy thing to win out but it like if you're supposed to be an elite team you're supposed to not lose pace at the very least because right? oh, look kansas city's going to lose another game right at some point like whatever like you have to you have to give yourself that understanding that you cannot lose pace and not only have they lost pace to the kansas city chiefs not only have they lost pace within the division to the miami dolphins they have also now lost pace to the new york jets so they have allowed three different teams the chiefs with regards to the one seed and the dolphins and the jets within their own division as steven notes uh for the video audience here the bills are currently the sixth seed they're not even the five seed right now because the jets are by losing to the jets they have given the Bills and the Dolphins and now the Chiefs the opportunity to just keep their pace, and they will all finish ahead of the Buffalo Bills. They have blown it yeah. to three different teams. Way too early victory lap I have to take because I understand that this can change. A lot, a lot can happen. Take your but, moment. Yeah, while well, you can. What did I say before the season started? Get your MVP bets in. We wake up the Monday of Week 10. Patrick Mahomes plus 150. Jalen Hurts 4 plus 400. Josh Allen ain't even third anymore. Tua ahead of him at plus 400. And then Josh Allen. Josh Allen is not winning the MVP. That's it. To be very clear here, I was always in, again, honorary member of the kingdom here. It's you, me, Steven Serta. We're the three people at Arrowhead Pride, I think. Um, I, I thought it was stupid. And we'll get to the Chargers. But, like, it was like right. the Chiefs were, like, they weren't even hiding in plain sight. The Everybody was just ignoring them in plain sight. Everybody was, like, and I understand there's, like, fatigue, you know, right? Like, the Chiefs are great. It's boring, whatever. So, it's like, what else can happen? Blah, blah, blah. But, like, they're very good. They're a monster. They're a machine. They deserve all credit in the world. In fact, let's go ahead I don't, and get to I don't the blame Chiefs. people because oh. I, was, I was on the oh. other side of that. And like, like when, 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 and I'm going to be very careful here. The chiefs have a lot more to prove when it comes to like being that, that team, but hosting four straight AFC title games is going to lead to fatigue. It's not the Patriots winning all those super bowls, but the fact that this team is continually there, eventually you're going to want to see them lose. And I think that played into it. Bills are lovable. They got this great fan base. They love to jump off tables and, and drink beer before the game, whatever. That's a lot more fun than, than Patrick Mahomes continually winning and winning and winning. At a certain point, you got to give it to what we're seeing, which again, <clears throat> and I, I hate that I have to remind people this. Patrick Mahomes broke the record yesterday for touchdowns 
in the first 75 games of his career ever. And he's got two more games to add on the lead to Dan Marino. So, like, I just the disrespect of Mahomes. It, it again, I know I'm coming from a Kansas City perspective, and, and I have you know you have to keep that in mind, and that's fair to say. But I just don't get why Mahomes isn't as lauded as the best ever through this through the first four or five years. He is. It's I just, mean, well, he gets no they, respect. They they lost the Super Bowl. Like that's a, if you're asking the question yeah, why but they like, won one. Well, but you're you're asking the question. I'm giving you the answer. Oh, I know, like, I know. How, I know. how the slant is is made. Like they've lost the Super Bowl, right? And like that was the moment, right? That was supposed to be the like the changing of the guard. And so like what, whatever. What frustrates me is Josh Allen's never been to one. That's fair, but. I think I think where the like people come from is like new is always exciting, right? Like sure. Barney, what did Barney Stevens sure. say? New is always better. And so I mean, the Bills are kind of like what the Chiefs were, right? This like kind of small market, not small market, but like you know, down yeah. on their luck, you know, franchise. They're whatever. not a New like, York or LA team, you know. Right. Yeah, I get. That's I get what I'm it. saying. Like you know, everybody wants to see the 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 little you know little engine that could kind of so to speak become big and mighty among the Tiffany brands in the NFL. The Chiefs did that. The Bills are have been on the precipice of doing that. Super passionate fan base, like you mentioned just like Chiefs fans, our kingdom. I mean, so it's, <laughs> people are trying to will it into existence, and they're very good. Like, th- again, this isn't to say the Bills aren't great, but it's totally fair to to come at them right now. It's totally fair to say, dude, this is a really bad loss. It's totally fair to, to come at Josh Allen, but nobody will. Like, he, he is one of those people that the national media kind of loves and the darling. And the, the fact is, if you play for one of those obscure teams, not that the Chiefs or Bills are obscure, you're not under the microscope the way that you are if you play for the Cowboys or the Giants or the Packers or the Steelers. Like the attention just isn't going to be there when you lose because it's boring. Uh, But okay, enough on this game. Let's get to the Chiefs. We got to buckle up, Pete. So like we can get through this game very quickly. I mean, I want to hear I want to hear a buckling up sound effect, please. All right, Kansas City Chiefs um, destroy I, this. I mean, look close, but they covered uh, twenty-seven to seventeen. The final score. Um, I know it's like a, a little bit tense at times, just like a teeny bit. But I mean, that, that felt like it was very quickly resolved um, here. Just this reminded me of the Chiefs game against the Bucks. Um, the score ended up being closer than it was. Chiefs were in control though the whole oh, time. Oh, this year's Chiefs Bucks game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs were in control of this game the whole time. Um, Patrick the Chiefs Mahomes, lost the Super Bowl to the Bucks, by the way. They 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 sure did. <laughs> that was not a fun game to watch um, for anyone, really. I mean, it, Bucks fans enjoyed it, but it, that was a really you know bias aside. That was a really bad game. Anyway, so the yeah the Chiefs were just in control the whole time. They're a better team than the Jaguars. The Jaguars are coming along. I don't see it with Trevor Lawrence. He has moments, but I I don't know. You know, I just don't I don't know. He, his line ended up being okay in this game, but it, it's just. He's not a player that's going to come into Kansas City and win, at least not yet. And, you know, maybe next year is is the year. Um, He's not even going to go in and make it competitive, right? Like, there's, you know, you yeah. can go in and make it competitive and impress us, and he didn't even do that. No. Um, and, yeah, the, the Chiefs kind of just took care of business. They're winning differently like they have been, spreading the football around. You have a ton of guys with, with different um, – you got a ton of guys receiving targets. One thing about Kansas City that, that it was a downside for them in this game is Juju Smith-Schuster got rocked and they picked up the flag, which is insanity, uh, saying that it they thought it was a shoulder-to-shoulder hit. The Juju Smith-Schuster's on the ground in the two uh, fencing concussion position and you're picking up the flag and saying that there's no helmet-to-helmet contact. Like, How does that make any sense at all? That was Andy Reid's point after the game. We'll see if Juju's back. I can't imagine he plays next week, but you never know with these concussions. Chiefs lost a special teamer to a concussion, and then their right tackle has an elbow issue. So um, the one downside, I think, for Kansas City and what was, to me, a dominant performance despite the score was was losing some uh, definitely a key piece in Juju and then some key role players in, in Chris Lamonts and then uh, Andrew Wiley. We'll see how soon they can, they can get back. Kadarius Tony found the end zone first time in his NFL career. Uh, it took changing teams for that to happen, but it did. Feels like feels like for whatever reason, it didn't work out in New York, and the, the Chiefs might have stolen here. And we're, we're through two games, so it remains to be seen. But I talked to him after the game, too, and, it, and he sort of confirmed that he's the new punt returner as well. So Tony's going to be touching football in Kansas City. We'll see if it works out. Mm. Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling found the end zone. So did Travis Kelsey. Again, Travis Kelsey was kind of that like hiding in plain sight thing. You know what I mean? It was like, well, what are they going to mm-hmm. do with Terry Kelsey? I was like, well, they're going to throw it to Travis Kelsey a thousand times. That's what they're going to do. Like, you know, it's just what a monster this- season. This and this tone—that's what's a shame for Juju getting hurt because he was really playing well over the mm-hmm. last couple of games. Um, and then Tony looks really good. I mean, I don't know exactly what happened in New York. I've been out of that circle for a long time now. Well, yeah, Just, Joe Judge. It's a difficult thing, right? Sure, maybe it was like the Joe Judge effect on Tony, and like we were talking about the Urban Meyer effect on on Trevor Lawrence. But 
I don't know. I think they. I think Brian Dable is pretty smart on it. I don't know. So far, it's it, again. This could go off the rails. We're two games in, but I, Tony looks like a first round talent. I I don't know what exactly happened with the Giants. So, um, I will say one last thing on this game. I'm really sick of like trying to get excited about the Jaguars, but like it's kind of there again. Where, like Travis Etienne looks great. Like, and we mentioned Trevor Lawrence. Like, there's definitely promise. Like, there's some improvement happening. But you're supposed to be like the chosen one, dude. Um. They're Christian better than Kirk. they're better than what was the the, the disaster last year. But, but again, do you... like like that's uh, that's not fair to like uh, what I'm about to say isn't fair to like the current regime because like Doug Peterson wasn't there, Christian Kirk wasn't there, you know Travis Etienne technically wasn't there. But it's like, dude, enough! Like like you can't like the bar can't be low for you forever. You know what I mean? Like and yeah. and like I don't know. It's just disappointing uh, from the Jaguars. Let's move on. Um, you mentioned to uh, the Miami Dolphins. Dolphin sound effect, please, Pete. 39 to 17, the final score at Hard Rock Stadium, where they were chanting yeah. MVP, MVP for Tua Tungavailoa. Why wouldn't they? He finished 25 of 32 for 285 yards, three touchdowns through the air. Uh, he was taken out of the game because, well, you know, it was in hand. Uh, just another efficient performance from Miami, kind of a, a lower performance for Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle as far as like their statistical production, but they just found other dudes. I mean, like Miami has like a abundance of embarrassment of riches. Jeff Wilson, you kind of wonder like, did the 49ers really need to trade for Christian McCaffrey when Jeff Wilson was hanging out on their roster? He looks amazing. Um, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, Nick Chubb on the other side did find the end zone. The Browns just aren't, aren't equipped to, to go shot for shot with this Dolphins team. No. And the one thing that I, I kind of like and, and to get away from the Kansas City Buffalo thing is talking about hiding in plain sight. The Miami Dolphins are a team that is very interesting. They are a Super Bowl contender. And we didn't we weren't sure entering the year if they were going to make the postseason. And you you are leaning into McDaniel and he brings Tyree Kill aboard for the five picks and he's sort of serving you as that ultra Debo type of weapon. He goes and gets the same running backs that he had in San Francisco. Suddenly, these two guys in Wilson and Mostert are, are on the same team. And he's making Tua look like an MVP. And look, I I don't want the Tua non folks coming at me. Tua's, Tua's a fine player, right? Like, but He, he has not, not lost a game that he has finished this season. His only loss was the Bengals game that he was knocked out. I, I get it. I Look, I get it. But I, I, I believe the McDaniel impact on Tua is what's leading him to have as much success as he has and sure who cares to McDaniel you talk, <laughs> talk talk about the 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 coach of the year I mean I know we do have one coach in the NFL that's undefeated um I guess two in Sirianni and Jeff Saturday but I think McDaniel especially if if they're able to win the AFC East it's going to be right there because this Dolphins team has been waiting for this and and the fan base which is a great fan base in Miami um has been waiting for this type of team for a long time and I you know, you ask me right now, who's a bigger threat to the Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills or the Miami Dolphins? It's Miami, and I'm not even flinching with that. Like, I do not think that Kansas City wants to see Miami come in. Um, Tyree Kill might enjoy that uh, as much as he talks, but I, I just I don't think anyone's going to want to play the Dolphins uh, in, in the AFC playoffs. And this was another exclamation point uh, against the Cleveland Browns, 39-17. That's, that's a walloping. So kudos I mean, to the, the Dolphins. It's been said many times, but, I mean, Tyreek's comments on Tua, I know they were a bit of a shot indirectly at Patrick Mahomes but like those have aged very well right <laughs> like I mean Tyreek I mean deserves a lot of credit I don't think I don't think yeah, calling him a more accurate quarterback than Patrick Mahomes feels silly I think there was there could have been a way to to compliment sure. I mean Tua can, without being like whatever better than but the, the point is like he believed in Tua when it was sure. not yeah yeah, yeah. So. I agree with um, that yeah yeah. Tua has three straight games with three passing touchdowns and no interceptions. He has gone over 300 yards in two of them. Uh, he didn't yesterday against the Browns because he was taken out early. Uh, he obviously had the six touchdown performance early in the season. Like this is not a fluke. Like the, the sample size is legitimate here. Um, are I don't know. Right. You got to pick right now. I mean, you, I guess you kind of did by, by you know your answer with competition. Well, well you know what's, the you know what's who, really who, Michael, Michael, the question who wins the AFC East? I think the Dolphins are going to win it, but I know that 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 might be a little controversial. But I just think they're the best team in the in the division. And you know, you look at this, and again, Kansas City fans won't want to hear this, but Miami has a chance to come out of the AFC. Like that, that's crazy. And you look at the other side, and who's on the other side in the NFC? It's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts in Philly. 
that roll tide Super Bowl is a real possibility. It would, been, it would be awesome if it was in in Atlanta in the building where Tua, or excuse me, where Jalen was pulled for Tua. That would be incredible. Um, it would be, and and that like the fact that that storyline is possible is insane. To insane. Your point, to your point, this version of Tua feels like um, that would you know. I mean, his the like the incredible year for him, right? Like it, it was like there was a moment when he was still at Alabama where you were like, "This dude's going to be unstoppable in the NFL." Like it just it felt it was so easy for him. Like in like what was I don't even know what the the streak was. He went like like seven games without throwing an interception. Um, like it just it looks like a different game for him right now. So we're kind of starting to to see that happen at the NFL. So the Dolphins are seven and three. To your point, they're on by this coming week. So really hurting some fantasy teams after that. So just win or loss quickly, <laughs> Pete. Houston win. At San Francisco. Mike McDaniel returns. I like Miami in that game. Okay, so that's nine and three at the Chargers to uh, Justin Herbert. It's hard to pick the Chargers right now as much as I, I like Herbert. They're just they're, they're they feel too hurt to win. Okay, so that puts them at ten and three at Buffalo. That's kind of that's the game, right? Like that's the big I one. gotta think Buffalo can win that one at, against Miami and you know, again in the division. But that's that's gonna be a game to watch. Holy so, crap. So that's I'll, 10 I'll, and, I'll give them a loss. Yeah. Okay. So that's 10 and four. That's 10 and four. Um, and then Christmas Day, just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring ting tingling. They host the Green Bay Packers. It should be a win, right? Unless you believe that the Packers, the Packers are back, Packers. baby. Unless you believe uh, that the Packers are back. 11 and four. Emotional New, win last night. Huh? At New England and then the Jets. I mean, it's it's a tougher road than a lot of teams, you know, certainly, but they're, they're like, we're looking at 12, 13 wins, I think, is kind of the, the neck of the woods. Yeah, and a lot of those, a lot of games I just said could could go the other way as well. It's a tough schedule. It's a tough second half um, schedule. We didn't talk about this, but quickly, the Buccaneers uh, beat the Seahawks twenty one to sixteen in Munich. Um, this was kind of cool. Like the German vibe was was a little bit different than the London vibe, at least on television. Um, yeah, it seemed that way. Right. So I'm I'm a fan of this. Um, it was cool. Obviously, there was the stories about like the three million ticket request or whatever. Yeah. Um, I I do think the Bucks are more back than I think the Packers are. Again, we'll get there. Um, this was a tough loss for the Seahawks. I still believe in them. I think you do too. Um, your Hawks. Uh, but it was a good win. Rashad White. Holy crap. Like, I mean, this, you know, Bucks have, I mean, their division is set up well for them, obviously. Yeah. I, you know, I, you, you hate to see this with Seattle, who I think it still is, is one of the better teams in that division. We'll see if they can sneak into the playoffs. But you could see the, the, the shot in this game defensively was Irvin on the sideline yelling at the Seahawks. Seems like maybe that. They were like sleepwalking a little bit through the first half, and had that not happened, you, you saw them rally back a little bit toward the end. Then maybe they they could have got back into it. But Tampa looked better. Um, the defense looked good. Geno Smith has actually played pretty well this year, and I think to, to be able to curb this team and and hold them to sixteen points was was a good thing. Tom Brady, I know he had the pick and broke that streak, but he he looked, I think, a little bit better than he has a little bit. Right. Le- that's what I'm saying. They they look it looks kind of like like Brady Bucks. You know what I'm saying? Like it he looked, looked more than usual. I, this is going to be just I just have to say it. He just like looked less sad. I don't know if playing in Germany gave him like a boost of morale, but I you know, he's finding Chris Godwin for the first touchdown uh this year. You know, Julio when Godwin's he is healthy. first touchdown of the year to, to yeah. be fair. Right. Yes, Julio when he is healthy, obviously it's is is an asset and I thought, you know, you saw the emergence because of the Fournette issue. Um Rashad White looked pretty good and so they get a little tandem back there too and so uh defense did a nice job against the Seahawks team who we've seen that has been able to put points on on folks and uh yeah no uh, five being five and five instead of four and six was important for a team that has super aspirations like the bucks and in a wide open nfc again i i think you don't want to necessarily see tom brady right like no one ever wants to see tom brady in the playoffs that was the vibe at least like among cowboys fans because it was early sunday morning was like oh man like you know, and especially now, it looks like the Cowboys are going to be a wild card team more more than a division winner. And it's like, well, you know, that might be the place. Like, definitely don't want to mm-hmm. go to Tampa. Kind of rooting for Atlanta to win that. Um, you mentioned Julio, the thirty one yard touchdown. That looked like vintage Julio. Like, yeah, it's it been a long time since we've seen that. It was just but really cool these, to see that moment. He has these moments, Julio, though. Not like that, past, though. But over the past couple of years, right? And then you're like, okay, well, is he back? And then all of a sudden his hamstring gets hurt and you don't see him for five games. Like that's the point of Julio's career that, that he's in. The moments are cool. One of the best wide receivers we've ever seen. Right. But I just have no confidence that like, do, do you think he'll start every game the rest of the year? No, no. he won't. No. So, um, all right, let's move on to the windy city. Give me some wind, some. 
the Detroit Lions stormed <laughs> into Soldier Field and escaped with a 31 to 30 win. I don't know if Dan Campbell cracked a beer after this one or what. Uh, this felt like a game. This felt more like a game rather that the Bears lost than the Lions won. I don't mean to like take credit away, but my, and I think the biggest takeaway, again, even though that the Lions won, is that Justin Fields is like really he, flirting. I know Steven. I'd he's the most exciting player in the NFL. He is. I mean, I don't know how that's unfair right now. <laughs> I mean, he is incredible right now. He is. And and if he, I made the comparison last week um, to Jalen Hurts, and I'm not likening the two players, but if he takes this, you know, the same sort of step from a passing perspective next year, obviously we're in the middle of the season. Like we're talking about one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in the entire league because the rushing capabilities are insane. This is so good for two great franchises in, in the Eagles and in the Bears. Of like, How dare you? This matchup, you know, when they do – this is what's crazy. It's like we're talking so much about fields. They lost the game. But this Eagles-Bears matchup is going to be must-see television every year whenever they meet up. Uh, on on the, the, the games, like, again, I, I wasn't super in tune to this game because it was early and I was heading to, to Arrowhead Stadium. But every time I sort of looked up – GEHA field, please. Right. Uh, every time I looked up and, and sort of was glancing over, it was Justin Fields on red zone making like an insane play. I, I, I can't fathom how Detroit won this game and playing it against such a, an explosive and electric player. Um, kudos to them for, for finding a way to pull it out, you know, in, at, at the end there. Um, this is not a game that Chicago should have lost. Um, but I, I think in the grand scheme of things, even in the loss, because of the way the fields look, Chicago just feels like they're in a, a better place than Detroit, which I mean, a lot of times we talk about these games each and every week, and it's usually the winning team that you feel better about. But even in this loss, you just you're just starting to, I think, marvel at what the Chicago Bears might look like as they build around this guy. Like, right. Because the monsters like, of the midway could be back in a, well, in a very different and, and fun way. They're stockpiling know? draft capital and now they don't have to address the quarterback situation. Right. So right. like that, that puts you ahead of a lot of teams. And again, the Lions won this game, but I think, you know, if if you had to pick who finishes higher in the NFC North next year, like we we feel tremendously better about the Bears because they have that one, you know, issue solved, right? Like they have the quarterback. That's the, that's the thing for the Lions right now. Ryan Poles, too, just I mean, being in Kansas City, I have this edge of like knowing him. He at least around like these parts, he was looked at as like a really, really smart, shrewd guy who can really be a, a special general manager. And so let's see what he does with the draft picks. And this has come from Kansas City. Kansas City has had some pretty good drafts in recent memory. So if he nails this next draft, the Bears might be back really quickly. And, and you know, definitely interesting in 2023, but who knows um, about 2024. I do want to say two like amazing moments here. I know you were busy. Justin Fields had a, a rushing touchdown where he scrambled to his right and it looked, he looked dead to rights gone. Like, he, he, I mean, like this was, this was a sack all day long and somehow, I don't know if you saw this, but it just like broke out. Of, like it was, it was like the most like seamless thing in the world for him and just, you know, scampered in for the touchdown. Another sick play. Aiden Hutchinson is totally for real. If, if he played for not the Detroit Lions, I think he'd be getting so much more attention and so much more coverage. I recognize the wins aren't there, but there's a legitimate argument for him as defensive rookie of the year. There, I mean, this this man is a monster. He is just – he is so fast. And to, to be that fast at his size just doesn't make uh, physical sense. Steven Serta, you are president of the Justin Fields fan club. Um, <laughs> do you want to offer any input um, on Fields and his magnificent performance, even though the Bears lost? He's incredible. He still has a long way to go as a passer, and they'll figure that out. They The Bears also have a ton of cap space next season. So the draft picks, the cap space, they can put a lot of things around Justin Fields. And if he does have that Jalen Hurts level of progression, he's going to be really fun for a really long time. And the, the rushing, I don't think this rushing can keep up the way it is. I mean, he's just rushing for 150 yards a game. Like, that's not going to keep happening. But if he does this the rest of the season, he's just on pace for 1,200 rushing yards, which is absolutely insane for a quarterback. Side note, and, and I know no one cares about your fantasy team, but Steve and I, both Kansas City-based, he invited me to his fantasy league, drafted Justin Fields, and I dropped him. Uh, Big Steve picked him up, and he's uh, reaping the benefits of that right now. So, Coughing up by Steve, uh, Steven. Is that like I a gave up. I'm a little too early uh, in this particular league, and I regret it. So there you go. It's a 12-team yeah, so like, league. It's pretty deep. Is this like like Steve a common thing, or is it Steven always? Uh, I mean, people call me Serta, Steve, Steven. I don't really care. I'm fine with whatever. Pete calls calling, me Steve a lot. 
I'm calling you Fields from now on. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, shout out to Justin Fields. You mentioned 150 rushing yards a game. Saquon Barkley, Pete, um, for your Big Blue View, uh, BigBlueView.com, our home for New York Giants coverage. Saquon actually had 152 rushing yards um, off of 35 carries. My goodness gracious. But Saquon all the way back as the Giants also pick up their seventh win of the season. Not like the, the Bears did. The losses in the there's a little bit of I think symmetry between the losses in 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 Buffalo and um and and against Green Bay because of the Dolphins and the Giants like it's one thing to like blow games that you shouldn't blow like Buffalo and Dallas did but then you wake up on Monday and you're like the Giants are in front of us and you wake up in, in Buffalo and you're like oh my God Miami is in front of us and we're in sixth so it's just a it just a, a stunning turn of events and the the Giants they seem like they're they're for real I I like cannot I'm just I cannot believe where we're at with this NFC East because I don't even think Washington, my WFT, I don't even think they're too bad. And it just, it, it's so clearly the most competitive <laughs> division in football. I just don't know how we ended up in this place, but kudos to the G men. Saquon Barkley looks like he's fully, 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 fully back. And that's a good thing for the NFL. We really are like back in the mid nineties, like where the <laughs> NFC East, make any sense. No, but like where the NFC East is dominating, like passing us down, everybody's running and playing defense. Like it's just, you know, it's it's just such a throwback to that time. I tweeted after their first touchdown of the game, um, that the Giants, and this was really obvious, they were coming off their bye. They are going to be eight and two on Thanksgiving yeah. Day when the Cowboys yeah. host them because they had the Detroit Lions this week. Um, they're, they're going to the playoffs. And you mentioned it. They're ahead of the Cowboys right now. The Cowboys, one of those two losses for them. So I'm, I'm honestly not that worried about um, that, that game for Dallas. But but this game, say, that is the one thing, you know, on the NFC East mixtape, which you guys have a little cute carbon copy of um, over on yeah, the sure. NFC West side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We have spoken so ill of Saquon Barkley. Like, he, he is, again, the, the story. Like, and he's, he's you know, we, we talk about, like, contracts and cap space. Like, that is such a difficult decision for the Giants in the offseason. Like, what, what I do don't you know. Pick? I don't know what you do there. And I'm still not like Ed's going to kill me here, but I'm still like not a super believer in, in Daniel Jones. I feel like Daniel Jones needs a Saquon Barkley for this to be effective. So you you're put in a really weird position where you have to sign the running back, which we have really learned. And I think we can all agree is like not an ideal move, <laughs> generally speaking. But what do you do? I mean, it's another version of Christian McCaffrey. I think if you're the Giants, you got to just lean in and, and pray. Right? Um, I mean, man, it's tough. It's it's a it's a tough situation. I mean, and what do you do with like who's the quarterback of the Giants next year? You know, like it's it's a really I think you got to stick with Jones situation. If you make the postseason, and I'm looking at the standings here, Washington is in eighth. By the way, I mean we've we since they've added a team, we've always been waiting for this this what division is going to get four teams in first. Right. If Washington were to stun the Eagles, which look they would have it would be wild tonight for that to happen, but. They're going to be five and five and right there. Like uh, the NFC East has this, this quiet, quiet chance to, to have all four teams in the in the playoffs, which would be nuts. Well, to your point, and this game's about the Giants, but if Washington were to win on Monday night, um, it, it's, it's really to get in, right? To be the three NFC East teams as the wild card, obviously, because there's the division champion, San Francisco would have to fall off, which isn't like impossible. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously get no. to Sunday night football, but that is certainly not impossible based on everything that we've seen so far this season. Uh, let's get through two stinker um, games. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers won um, 20 to 10 against the New Orleans Saints. Um, really boring game. Right? Like this was just kind of like this was on, you know, like that's kind of the best thing I can say about it. I mean, <laughs> like, did do you have like, did you learn anything in this game? Well, I, I mean, I, I guess you're feeling a little bit better each and every week uh, about Pickett, right? I mean, not to, not are to you? say that. Are, are you? I, I guess, you know, like, I, don't, I mean, I, I, we're, I think the big, big thing for Pittsburgh is that he's getting games under his belt. Eight and, carries for 51 yards and a rushing touchdown for Kenny Pickett, by the way. Yeah, These yeah, are two I, lost teams to me. And like, t- 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 so- TJ Watt. The, the big story thing for Pittsburgh is that TJ Watt is back, right? So, I mean, I, I think that that changes the game for them. That, like, for the time being, as they develop Kenny Pickett, they're going to need to win games from a you know defensive standpoint as, as they develop this thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I that's all I can really tell you at this point. I mean, are the New Orleans Saints going to fire Dennis Allen? I mean, because, yeah. like, <laughs> yes, this is yeah. – this is, Really I wonder bad. if I wonder if they'd be interested in free agent head coach uh, Sean Payton. And I know that mm. um, 
possibly. He's actually not a free agent. Like maybe he just returns. Maybe that's the the like the plot that we didn't see coming is that Sean Payton just comes back to the Saints, right? Like maybe they don't <laughs> trade him to anybody. Um, that'd be possible, really possibly, yeah. Um, do we have any other thoughts on this game? Like an, anything at all? No, these are. I mean, uh, these are two te- These are two teams that are non-playoff teams, but I feel like. Um, in this win, Pittsburgh kept the the Mike Tomlin dream alive. It's going to be tough to to pull off, but um, you know, we'll see what happens. I guess the Tennessee Titans bounced back from their loss at Arrow at GHA Field, excuse me, uh, with a seventeen to ten dub over the Denver Broncos. Also, a really boring game. Um, the Broncos just have that magic superpower. Like they don't get blown out. You know what I'm saying? Like they they, sure. they don't like they they're just anytime they're in a game, it's gonna be boring. It's gonna be boring to watch all the way around. I also have to say, I've come around on the new look Titans uniforms, like the navy helmet. I missed the white one. Do not wear navy jerseys with these aqua pants. That is a really weird, strange look. I do not like it. But the Broncos are back from their bye, Pete. Um, Russell Wilson did have a uh, bomb of a touchdown. Uh, that was kind of it. That was kind of all she wrote for the Broncos. Like this team stinks. Yeah, and and the Titans were a little bit injured in this game, right? They were missing some some key players. Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree. Well, and Tannehill was back and then was out for a little bit too. Amani Hooker, Christian Fulton. Like if you have the Russ Wilson Broncos, you know, and you know, you're trying to get something going here, you got to win this football game. And the fact that the Titans were able to to do it, they're just a. You know, I watched them at Arrowhead. They're 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 just a better team that people give it credit for and it, and it and it starts with the front and to be able to win this game it was ugly and boring as you were saying but to do it with the amount of injuries they have and with your receiving leader being Westbrook Akeen uh, I I think I think the Titans quietly make the postseason and I don't think they're a team that that people are going to want to play because of, when that defense is healthy it's among the best and I think you know I just think that they're just underrated and I just don't know what Denver does I mean this is such a disaster in Denver you talk about fire, the New Orleans Saints firing Dennis Allen. I don't know what you do, and you know you you had such promise, and there was you did such dreams of the Hackett Wilson combination and Denver being back. And Denver again is it's another it's another city with a, a good fan base, and this is just this has got to be the saddest season ever because I think there was so much hype, and, and like you really felt like, and you might be years plural still away from being quote unquote back. So I think. I don't know what's what if it's better or worse. Like this was the first it felt like Broncos disaster that was buried, you know, because this was in the noon slate. You know what I mean? Like the other ones have yeah. been like front and center, like whether on prime well, they put time them on prime time a lot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they were all basically on either on prime time or we had the London game, which um, wasn't prime time, but was like its own standalone thing. So this was kind of like I, I think if again, like nobody's saying like, oh, like getting attention is like, you know, like what you strive for in the NFL, but like now you're not just bad. Now you're boring and insignificant. Nobody cares about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just that that's a really dark place to be. Um, But you know, whatever. Um, Derek Henry, kind of a pedestrian game for him. Weird. You know, that Broncos defense really is amazing. Contained him 19 carries, 53 yards, 2.8 yards per carry for Derek Henry. I mean, that's pretty crazy when you think about it. Yeah. And when you, you get that effort and, and, the Broncos are able to hold him like that. You'd assume that they have a better chance of winning, but they, you know, they can't get anything going offensively. So, um, okay. Do you want to do Cowboys Packers first among the afternoon games or last? You, you're calm, man. Whatever you want. You're 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 heading the show here. Um, uh, that's why I asked you. It's your, why your you, decision. Why don't you get it out of the way, right? Let's talk about it. All right, the Dallas you Cowboys. Therapy? You need some therapy here. I need some therapy. Um, I'm, that's <laughs> yeah. you can have that. You can use that however you want. Um, sure. Cowboys blew a 14 point lead in mm. the fourth quarter. They were counting playoffs 195 and 0 all time with a 14 point lead to begin the fourth quarter. They are now 195 and one, um, because they <laughs> fell at Lambeau Field <laughs> to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy's return. I felt um, bad for you in this one because this is this was one you've been talking about this particular game for all year. I feel like you were really you were you were zoned in on this. One. This was like this was it. That like you, you want you want to be a big dog, right? You want you want to sit at the at the grown ups table. Go crush them. Go and I, I mean go go like be yeah. a savage, right? Like go end them. You know what I mean? Like go right. go break their spirits. 
and they they were kind of doing that, and then they let them back in. They took their foot off the gas, however you want to put it. The mighty Dan Quinn, who everybody's like, oh, Dan Quinn's carrying that ship. His defense got run all over. That's two games in a row that they've been run all over. And and granted, the first one was against Justin Fields, but I mean, which is a weird kind of way to live. But I mean, man, like this this defense fell apart, and the offense fell apart. I, I mean, there were positive moments for Dak Prescott for CD lamb, but they really, really hurt this team when it, when, you know, when they were needed, I mean, they had a chance, I, you know, at the end I, of regulation to opinion. go win it and they couldn't. I have my opinions about what transpired in overtime. How did you feel about keeping the offense on the field at fourth and four? I love it. I, I love the decision to go for it in general. Like, I don't care. Like, I, I mean, obviously I'm coming at it from a Cowboys perspective, but like, I don't care who you are. Like if I'm the Jaguars, if I'm the giants, if I'm the yeah. Broncos, like I love the decision you're here to win. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I love that. It didn't work out. I don't understand. Um, and again, this is where I feel weird because I'm such an advocate for running the ball. Now. I never thought this day would come, but yeah. here we are again, throw back to the nineties. The Cowboys were running the ball so efficiently. They were gashing the 5.2 yards per carry for Pollard. And and then it's third and three in overtime and they throw it twice. And you know what I'm saying? Like, and what bothers me is, okay, if you know, you're going to go for it. And again, I have zero issues with going for it, but if you know, you're going to go for it on fourth down when it's third and three, run the ball. You know what I mean? Like, and it, like, and it seemed like, like the O line was getting some significant push. Like these holes for Pollard, when they would show the end zone um, view were gaping in a way. And they did, they, they did get away from it, which made not made just Pollard, but Malik Davis who's one of their yeah. rookie UDFAs uh, playing because Zeke Elliott was inactive for the second game in a row. Uh, he, I mean, he had 7.6 yards per carry <laughs> like, and, and they had two big runs in overtime. They were called back because of penalty. The second one, uh, Connor McGovern held the first one, Pete, the first one rookie wide receiver, Jalen Tolbert mm. was off sides. Mm. On offense as a wide receiver yep. and to make matters worse. And I'm so pissed off that there are so many Cowboys <laughs> fans who are like buying this. Jalen comes out after the game and says, well, I checked with the official. You know, I, I looked at him and he said I was good. He told me to scoot up. It's like, dude, you were a mile off. Like, what do you, you know, right. like, I hate this, like, finger pointing. Y'all messed up. Own it. And we haven't, this, this, this you felt, know, the aftermath what, felt similar to the San Francisco playoff loss where they were pointing fingers. You, uh, you did get the spike of the year and it wasn't a player. Oh, I mean, that Mike that, McCarthy. That was the moment that you, like, had said spike. Mike had done a great job of not showing the emotion of the week all week long sure. until, and then that was the moment that you were like man this dude wanted it and i i feel for him because they had it they had it right there and they, they had every opportunity to squash the packers they could have broken the packers season they could have ended the season for the packers instead pete what did they do they breathed life into the packers and aaron <laughs> Rodgers. and now really, we have just i mean other he than owns, losing other he than owns losing the cowboys him. He owns other them. Than, he owns the Bears and yeah. the Cowboys. He, and my other dog's than, name is Bear. I'm a Cowboys fan. He owns my household. Other than losing to um, like an NFC East team, this was as as bad of an, an RJ RJL that that you could like dream up. You, you you've been talking about this game, Mike McCarthy's return to Green Bay. You really have a disdain for Aaron Rodgers, and I don't blame you for that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looked in a way back. Could be argued that maybe he. Deserves to come up of the week. I'm not going to do that. You will not do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. He looked good. He did look good. And if this Christian Watson thing is not a one-hit oh wonder my. and a real thing. Of could, course it's could, a one-week wonder, Pete. Prior you blink. to prior you to could Sunday, blink and prior think to Sunday, that the, Christian, the Green Bay Christian Packers might find themselves back in this. Christian Watson, prior to Sunday, had 10 catches on the year through six games for 88 yards and no touchdowns. On Sunday alone. He had four catches for 107 yards. I can't believe the news today. Sunday, Watson, Sunday. And and look, Um, we have a four and six record for the Packers. Titans, Eagles, Bears, and then they're by. Do they get back to to seven and six? Can they win three in a row? Titans, Eagles, Bears? I was actually, no, um, they can't. But I do think... I, I mean, you're so, you're so upset. This team stinks. This Packers team is bad. <laughs> they they are, which pisses me off because the Cowboys should not. They had no business losing this game. They'll beat the Titans, right? We both think on Thursday night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They'll beat the Titans. I I would love it if they beat the Eagles. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I I would love that more than anything. But I could you... see it, man. I could okay. see them sneaking back to seven and six before their bye week. Well, and after they're by, they get the Rams. I mean, we'll get there. I'm like, oh my gosh, they Rams are the so Rams much. are a disaster. But yeah. I you brought this up. I did want to mention this. Um, 
the Bears, I think the the Bears aren't a playoff team. Like you're sitting here talking about the Packers. The Bears are going to be like a cute spoiler, you know, maybe because the Bears in week, uh, where is it here? Uh, in week 13, they have that Packers game. All three of these games are home for the Bears. So they have the Packers in week 13. They're on. And, at the, and again, maybe to your point, if the Packers beat the Titans and the Eagles, all of a sudden, hey, they're back. And who knows what happens against the Bears? Then they're on their bye, Chicago is. Then they get the Eagles and Bills back to back at home. The Bears yeah. do. Like very interesting kind of time for the Bears, but um, I, I do I think, think they're they're, they're going to they, that's that's you know they're not going to make the playoffs, but that's their season. It's like spoiling right and winning against teams that need to win. We there's a team like that every year, you know, um, where you, you need a game at the end and right. you don't want to play. Um, I do. I mean, I still believe the Cowboys are a playoff team. They're six and three. Like the sky is not falling. This was a really frustrating loss. But up next for them, the Cowboys, they have the eight and one Minnesota Vikings on the road this week. And then don't feel, very, don't very feel good quick, about it. Well, and then very quick turnaround to play the Giants on Thanksgiving next week. I mean, it's I yep. cannot wait for that Giants Cowboys game. Speaking of games, that'll be fun to watch. What's your this favorite is, Thanksgiving side dish? Um, I would say that it is sweet potatoes. We you you torch the marshmallows on top. Mm. Oh, I don't like them with marshmallows. That's just oh, good. here we go. Um, that's just that dust this game under the rug. This podcast with um, Colt McCoy and John Wolford mm. battled it out um, sure. as the Arizona Cardinals defeated the Los Angeles Rams twenty-seven to seventeen. I have nothing to add this about this game. Like this is boring. This was lame. The Rams are proving they were the most Cinderella team of Cinderella teams last year in winning their Super Bowl. The Cardinals stink. They stink less than the Rams. Um, this will be a depressing watch on Hard Knocks this week. Winning the Super Bowl and then finishing among the bottom of the conference is not not a good turnaround. And I mean, you'll and, take it, right? Like, if you're a fan, you're like, I don't care. We can suck for five years. I want, we won the Super Bowl. Of course. Yeah, of course. But it it's it's disheartening when because of the, the head coach and because of, of what you were able to do. And, you know, they were doing the whole run it back thing, too, where I think they really, you know, at the time of the parade, thought that they could just – Waltz back into the Super Bowl, but they are they are so Super Bowl hungover, and this team is just so clearly not going to make the postseason. So, yeah, okay, cool. Are we ready to move to Indianapolis Raiders? Because I think we have some thoughts here. Um, Saturday, 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 Saturday. Jeff Saturday, yeah, baby, want to know? Look, the Colts won twenty five to twenty. And I, Colts, hate, I mean, are, I the hate back. The talking back. about breathing life. I hate that now people are like, I don't know, man. This might like, no, this was, dude, Josh, like, I don't know dude, how you don't they fire are Josh four, today. five, and one. It is possible for them to get back in this mix. They're not, it's not like they're in a two and eight hole. I think that this game, though, proved how scummy the Colts have been. Like, I mean, again, right. they come out and they're like, you know, Matt Ryan's done for the year, Samuel Andrew, whatever. Then they fi- they fire Frank Reich, and it's like, well, just kidding. Matt Ryan's totally fine. Like, that, that is so scummy, dude, like, to do to Frank Reich. And to be very clear, I'm not a Frank Reich guy. Like, I, <laughs> that's very obvious. But, like, this it is a come, really it, scummy operation in, in, it did in come football from the ownership. terms. Yeah. It's a, it felt like the quarterback change came straight from the ownership. And then when that didn't work out, they fire the – we believe it was the coordinator first, right? And then go and fire the head coach. You switch it to to Jeff Saturday. Saturday probably was honest with your saying, being like, if we want to try to win, we are not going to start Ellinger. And then Matt Ryan, you know, to his credit, um, good enough, right? Pretty good in this game. And the Colts are four, five, and one. Like I said, they're not two and seven or anything like that. Like if they win three in a row, you're at what seven, five, and one. That's what four plus three is seven. Yes, good job, Pete. So they're they're Nightmare four five Sunday. and one. They Nightmare have the, Sunday. Sunday they have the Eagles here. on Sunday afternoon. I have never rooted as hard for the Colts <laughs> as I am going to root this week. That would be incredible <laughs> content. We got um, the, you're skipping over the WFT Eagles game tonight. I don't know why you're not you're not you're not considering look, Tyler Hunter Taylor. If the Eagles want to lose to the Colt to the Commanders, the Colts, and the Packers, by all means. Like <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. Um, but dude, so I, I mean, like, I hate to say, like, somebody should be fired, but, like, uh-huh. I, I do not think this is an exaggeration. Josh McDaniels losing this game. I understand Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, they're hurt, blah, blah, blah. 
the fact that the Raiders lost this game to a dude who was a television analyst a week ago, and again, I know this joke has been made a thousand times. It it is literally one of the most embarrassing losses in NFL history. Like I, I, it, it's it is literally in that group. I don't know what the other ones are, but it is in the box of most embarrassing losses that an NFL team has suffered in the history of the league. I'm I wasn't in love with the the Jeff Saturday hire. Obviously, some questions need to be Who asked. Who was in love with it? Like, what do you mean? Like, no, who, but what, it... what I find amusing is just how many how many high horses there were last week, and like the fact that he just was like, "Well, I'm I'm just going to try and and try to win," it. and they won an NFL game. Like, I just it just it's such an interesting and weird story. Um, not that I'm like a Jeff Saturday supporter by any means, and I I do think there's some very clear questions I'd have to ask, you know, regarding about like. There's a, there's, there's a lot of privilege here. There's a lot of privilege. No that, doubt. That's and the Rooney, but I just, it's so funny that he was able to just come out and win. And you're right. On the other side of it, it is just a disaster. In Vegas. <laughs> and, you know, you talk about how tough it is for folks to like be hired for a multiple year deal and then to be fired after the first year. You probably have no better case for that. Maybe well, I guess you could say Denver potentially, but than McDaniels and and the Raiders and doubling down on Derek Carr, going and getting the best wide receiver in the game who happens to be a former college teammate of Derek Carr, and just to run out and, and blow three touch three touchdown leads, you know, multiple times this year. I mean, it is it's a disaster in in Vegas, and I just think that's a very hard question, like to ask to to ask yourself and look in the mirror. And I, you know, I've never been a Derek Carr guy. I've made that very clear on this podcast. It's either the head coach or the quarterback that gets fired quote unquote fired after this year. And I and I think I think this is Carr's last dance with the, the Raiders as the starter. I know that might be a hot take, but that's just how I feel. Um is g- give me a, a percentage possibility and then we'll get to the final game, which also featured an AFC West team. What percentage possibility is it that the all three non Chiefs teams in the AFC West are looking for new head coaches in the offseason? It's like Not- it's, it's like 45 percent, right? Like it's, it's not zero percent. No, it all three would it would be wild. It's look, not zero percent. We think Hackett's out, right? We're very confident in that. We're yeah, pretty confident that McDaniel's out. It comes down you to can't fire Russ. You can't fire Russ, and I think that there will need to be a change. So it feels like Hackett it is going to go one and done. Staley's in trouble. He is in trouble. If they don't make the playoffs, I think he's done. I really don't think the Raiders are going to fire McDaniel's, even though they should. And so that's what really I think is making me cautious here. But I think there's like a reasonably like like 10 to 15 ish, which is w- unbelievable to, to say. The Chargers did lose on Sunday Night Football 22 to 16 against the San Francisco 49ers. You, this is one of those things, right? Like after um, after the divisional game, it's like, well, if Josh Allen had touched the ball, if Josh Allen this, if Josh Allen that, blah, blah. The Chargers had a chance. They had two chances late and their defense yeah. gave them the second one. And what happened? Nothing. I mean, like, I'm so sick of the Chargers love. Like, why? What? What? Like, you sit here, and I'm not saying you're defending the Chargers, but like, your question is always like, what have the Bills done? What have, what have they done to earn this? What What have the Chargers done to earn any kind of credit? No, and, and you know, again, I, my complaints have been about Buffalo, where you, you like looked at the NFL.com picks to win the Super Bowl. I believe Buffalo had like 10 to 12, which we, you know, we've, we've beat up nauseam, but the Chargers had three, you know, or four. And same type of deal. Like I just, I don't know what it is about the Bills and the Chargers where you have these analysts, and I think when you're even non-fans and 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 national analysts, the teams they just want them to be good so bad. Both of these teams, and the Chargers are just not uh, a, a good and consistent football team. Uh, and I think the big part for the Chargers has been the, the injuries, and it's just year after year after year after year. It's it's the the injured football team, and you know you can only go. On, on that as an excuse for so long. And, you know, I, I really do think if, if the Chargers don't make the postseason, they, they will move on from Staley. So, well, that's then how do you think it's only 10 to 15% chance? I mean, because we both think that the Broncos because and I don't Raiders think are... Vegas, I don't think, I think Vegas is the least likely to get rid. Even though, even as bad as this has gone, I think they give him a second year. We haven't if... talked about the Niners, but the Chargers are currently the eighth seed in the AFC as of right yeah. now. So the three, do we think the AFC East is sending three teams, by the way? feels likely at this stage man what a time to be on the east coast i mean like or, or, like the the, 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 the east, east might have seven are gonna teams. send six yeah. teams to the playoffs. six to seven potentially yeah 
That's wild. wild. So the the only non AFC East wild actually all I'm sorry I misspoke. As of right now, as of this moment, the AFC East is sending all four teams to the playoffs. The, the, the Jets are the five seed. The Bills the six. The Patriots the seven. Um, the Chargers are right outside at eight, but the Bengals are right behind them at, at you know at nine right now. I think we both believe in the Bengals more than we do the Chargers. Um, I think the, Colts, the Bengals will, the Bengals will take one of those spots. I I gotta believe so. Well, that's what we're saying. Like the, the, I, I'm saying, the Bengals will at the very least leapfrog the Chargers. That's like the Chargers are not going to be in. There's no way. No. They're, like they're not beating the Bills or the Dolphins right like one of them and the jets in all likelihood i mean like it's the chargers remaining schedule and we'll touch on the niners very quickly here um so they are what five and four right now uh mm-hmm. they have the chiefs next week thank goodness that's on sunday night football can't wait to watch more of this fraud chargers team at arizona <laughs> at las vegas they flexed okay. it they flexed um, it maybe those are, are are cute games miami tennessee like those are tough games for this chargers team um at indianapolis the chargers are going to totally lose to the colts like that is 100 happening um i'm not a believer myself but the niners uh the niners are back a little bit here they're kind of figuring things out that this is i admire them so much i admire how they just will never die they will always out just ugh, you you know what i mean like they, they are unafraid to do the hard work and they win good for them yeah then they stick around and i think a lot of shanahan receives a lot of criticism and i mean he's he's kind of the 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 guy that makes sure that 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 doesn't happen, that they don't fall off, and he does it with like different casts of characters. It, it feels like different running backs, and you know, he can you know they're leaning into Lance, but now it's it's Jimmy G, and someone you know one week it's leaning into Debo, and then all, all of a sudden it's an Ayuk week, and it's just I don't know. I did, I think it's just it's impressive, and the defense is one of the better defenses, especially when healthy in the in the NFL, and so the 49ers will always be a tough out. Monday Night Football, Eagles Commanders, who wins? I like the upset tonight. I know it sounds crazy. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the upset. I, I I'm gonna go with WFT. Uh, I don't like the anymore. I don't like the new name, and I'm never gonna use it. So let's go with the WFT. I just think division games are always interesting, and I just don't think that enough people are are giving them them credit tonight. And we'll see what happens. I, I know that's a wild pick, but I, I give me give me my WFT. Um, I hope you're right, but I'm taking the Eagles. Um, Steven, if you can join us now and give us your pick for tonight and then hand out the MF double MVP, the uh, responsibility falls on your shoulders. So hand it out and explain why you are picking who you are picking, please. Well, I'm going to go with the Eagles tonight and then it's the MF double MVP. Okay. Um, I have to pick RJ today. Uh, unbelievable. I think RJ just needs a win. Um, yeah, he does. Think, you know uh, what? I agree. I actually agree. So admitted earlier in the show, Aaron Rodgers owns his household. That's right. And <laughs> I think he just really needed a W today. So. You know what? Let's also give RJ the come up of the week for finally <laughs> winning the, the MF double MVP. So maybe, you know, I know there's no victory polo on today, but he won two awards today. I but... hope the Bills beat the Chiefs 50 to nothing in the AFC Championship. <laughs> so. I don't. Um, I, I, it's, I would. I would love to to say that that would be a possibility, but the Chiefs are going to be playing the the Miami Dolphins in the AFC title game as a chance. Um, Stephen, I just saw a tweet that the Indianapolis Colts are selling 2023 season tickets as of this moment. Are you going to be buying some? No. Are you no, sure? Thank you. I'm good. Wow. Um, okay. Um, Stephen, I would like you to pick an animal. It could be any animal that you want, and Pete has to make the sound of that animal as we leave. But make it a challenge. Rachelle always picks like a monkey, like you know, it's super like an yeah. easy, fun one. Like make it something difficult. I can't believe Rachelle not even here, just getting some public criticism from her. Well, I'll have to remind her that at the beginning of the uh, show. A flamingo. She actually picked that uh, recently um, when really? I when I had that same the same uh, criticism. So if you could pick a non-flamingo uh, difficult a animal, uh, that's really funny that you. Uh, a gecko. You could save 20% in court, George. I'll switch it to Geico. <laughs> <laughs>